Martijn Graat en dit is Does Logistics Matter? Een podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Marcel Merks, founder and CEO of CargoSnap. On this episode, we talk about proof of condition and why warehouses have no windows. Please enjoy my conversation with Marcel Merks. Marcel, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, the first question, does logistics matter? Oh, it does. <laughs> sure that's, does. That's good to hear. Then you're definitely on the right show. Cool. Um, uh, you, you're obviously in logistics. How did you get there? Um, it's been a journey. Um, I've been around for about uh, 20 years now um, in my professional career. Um, as a physicist uh, in the 90s, I uh, started in an IT job, like many of uh, my uh, fellow students did. Uh, I joined Alcoa, uh, aluminium producer, and I, uh, I stayed in the IT organization for about seven years. And at, at one point in time, I had this itch, this feeling that I'm working for this aluminium producer for seven years and I don't get to see a bit of that metal. Um, can I get, and I, asked my, I remember asking my boss, uh, can I get a bit closer to the business? And um, he mentioned there was this six months project in logistics, uh, if I would be interested. And at the time, I remember saying, I know nothing of logistics, so let's give it a try. Well, the six months became 13 years uh, and it's been, you know, it's been incredibly sticky. I really enjoy working in logistics as much as I did in IT, by the way. But um, it's fascinating to work in logistics because it's really, really diverse And what I particularly like about logistics is that when you go into a particular uh, niche or a particular area, people really love what they're doing and they love to talk about it. They love to share about it. There's a lot of technicalities to it. It's, it's, you know, it's not always easy for an outsider to really understand what you know, we're doing, uh, but people love to talk about it and try to induce people into what they're doing. So I've been able to learn a heck of a lot from all of the people I've worked with over those years. Um, and, um, you know, that has brought me in terms of my knowledge where I'm at today. Um, today, as the founder and CEO of CargoSnap, um, that's a little mini story by itself. But at one point in time in my career, I decided I wanted to take the learnings that I had from my IT career and those of the logistics career and really try to find a kind of a crossing point of those two realms. And... Um, and help companies in logistics with their sort of their IT uh, problems. And that's where, where CargoSnap was, um, was kind of um, uh, born. Uh, so, so what problem did you see and, yeah. and what, was, what was the solution? Great question. Well, you know, in fact, um, the, um, the, the actual the sort of the pivotal moment that, that CargoSnap came about was actually um, I, I was recommended... Uh, to speak with a uh, company, actually it's Eurorhein in Moerdijk. Uh, it was recommended by a ship broker uh, that both of us knew. And I remember driving to Moerdijk uh, where we were going to meet about loading and discharging operations of ferrosilicons. Now I'm uh, you know, pretty versed in metal handling, but actually I realized driving there that I really don't know much about ferrosilicon at all. Um, and very clearly, you know, very early on in the conversation with uh, the team there, uh, it was clear that they do know. I mean, I did not need to worry about knowing exactly what ferrosilicon is about. And I think that's a theme in logistics that, that I think is really important to, to come back to later on as well. 
Um, but at that moment in time, they were really interested in taking a next step in terms of informing their customers and informing their customers of uh, situations where maybe there was a complaint that they would receive or there was some doubts about the quality of particular cargo. And in order to satisfy the customer demands around information, um, they were looking for a solution somewhere around, uh, can we take pictures and kind of add that to our files? Um, and I remember driving back that day, driving back home, where I was kind of pretty confident that, you know, I'll, I'll just sit down, I'll Google it. I'll Google that solution that undoubtedly already exists. And then I'll take that back and implement it with them and, you know, make that a, a very successful project. Um, well, I did get home and I did start to, to, to search on the internet and, and much to my surprise, I couldn't find it. I just could not find the solution that dealt with this problem. And what was truly baffling to me is this, you know, this, this question that came up from your Ryan, I could completely relate to it from my own career at Alcoa. You know, I've, I've seen so many cases where certain information needs to be kind of uncovered and shared with others. So was, that, that made me kind of sure that, that a solution would exist. Well, as it turned out, it did not exist. I, um, I decided to make a, another switch in my kind of career and go from more like, an, uh, like a consulting informational kind of approach towards customers to a product. Uh, so that's, that's essentially how CargoSnap was born. Uh, I did, we identified that there was a specific customer with a specific need. Eurine was fantastic. Certainly as a launching customer, they adopted that idea where I said, okay, let's, let's build a product you know, because we, we see that you need it. They were fantastic in giving feedback as we developed our product and uh, you know, through our prototype to a live product. And you know, we took our, our product and our website live in, in January, 2017. And it's been, it's been you know, a fantastic journey since then. But that, that's, that's kind of how we were born. Um, uh, when you look at these uh, uh, problems that companies face when they uh, are shipping things or when they are receiving things, um, you know, I always um, link it to when I get a, a package myself and the box is dented. Mm -hmm. Now, are you uh, just, is it uh, complaint handling or, or is there a broader uh, issue? Right. Perfect question. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot broader. You know, you, you can really take it. Um, from kind of the fundamentals of supply chain management, you know, pretty broad approach uh, there. Uh, but you know, if, if you think think of that as a, a theoretic approach, in a theory, a supply chain is lots and lots of companies working together one by one to optimize their total supply chain. Um, and you know, supply chains compete with other supply chains, right? So, so it's it's the car, car manufacturers all have their own supply chains behind it. So you're competing with each other. Um, well, the reality is, although the textbook says that supply chains compete with each other, I now and then see that even within a supply chain, there are forces at work. Um, you know, and particularly the role of logistics service provider, be it a warehouse or be it a terminal or a carrier it isn't necessarily the strongest player in the, in the supply chain. You know, at the end of the day, it's the, it's the cargo owner or the, 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 the final consumer that really holds the power in the supply chain. And the thing is, when things do go wrong, you mentioned the dented box, 
know, what happens in the supply chain is what I'd like to call the, the hot, pota- hot potato game. You know, there's a problem and everybody in the supply chain just tries to pass it on to the previous partner <laughs> in the supply chain. Yeah. You know, and, and in fact, what very often happens, and certainly in the, in the situation where there's a bit of lack of information, unfortunately, the, that hot potato will land with the weakest player in the market. You know, the market, the, the player that doesn't have a financial leverage, that doesn't really play a decisive role in the in the chain, and they end up handling or you know re- remaining with that claim. Um, now, if you take that 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 situation, then you could say, well, maybe CargoStep is then focused on that claim management. But I believe that our solution in that is actually taking that step back and say, well, given that those supply chains need to be managed as a supply chain, as a, as a chain of events and with multiple companies work together. And given that supply chains have really changed a lot over the past decades, you know, inventories and safety stocks have all disappeared. And when things do go wrong, it's, you know, and, and things do go wrong all the time, of course, but when things do go wrong, you need to really act and react to that situation. And everybody in the supply chain needs to be informed. So, you know, things can be rescheduled, can be reproduced, can be reordered in a timely fashion and not at the very, very last moment in time. So, you know, the good old inventory has been replaced with information. Now, that information has been uh, replaced in a, in a lot of sense in, in terms of, you know, I, I always envision uh, spreadsheets with lines of orders, quantities, estimated time of delivery, the actual delivery, and, you know, line by line. And supply chain yeah. partners are sharing that throughout the supply chains. They're scheduling and rescheduling based on the information flow. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, because our end consumer is getting more and more demanding, supply chains are getting more and more, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's pulled by that final consumer. You know, in your, in your last post- podcast with, with Peter van der Broeke, I think it really came out very nicely with that 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 fulfillment. You know, the same day kind of delivery. People expect, you know, their expectations are increasing ever, ever, ever. Um, what we need to do is to increase also the level of control that is is being exhorted onto supply chains. So replacing those spreadsheets. Now those spreadsheets and that data is is there to stay. But we're enriching that, for example, with photos of data scans of documents, um, inspections that are being performed, you know, where, where, where maybe there's a bit of subjective information that can be used as input between supply chain partners. And that really is our vision in terms of helping logistics companies and supply chain orchestrators in general. So we believe that you need to have a lot of that visual information and we want to make it really, really easy to handle that situation. So, um, you know, th- thinking of the case of something going wrong, it's you know it may be illustrative if you get a photo of a damaged package, but if in fact you don't actually know what's the normal routine of handling that package, you know how did the other nine hundred ninety nine similar packages actually get handled, and where did this particular situation go wrong? Yeah. You're not learning, and you're just handling that claim, and you're putting a responsibility of somebody, and everybody's kind of passing that hot potato, which is effectively the financial claim, uh, onto the chain, but you're not learning. So what we really believe in is that every aspect of the supply chain, the way of handling cargo and equipment needs to be recorded in an efficient way. And of course, you don't want to burden logistics uh, personnel with significant effort, right? So you, so you need to balance that data collection effort with, um, with the amount of time 
you know, that, that, that you want to spend on it and the amount of data that you can derive from it. And that's really where we play a role is we want to enable co logistics companies to have their logistics staff record things in the flow of the process. You know, a container comes in, you open the doors and, you know, people have their mobile phones with them anyway. So quickly take them out, take a picture, perform, a, you know, like a, a short inspection and share that immediately with the customer and share that when things are conforming, the expectations and when they are non-conforming. It's what we do in our, our daily lives as well. We're, everybody is always on their phone and they're looking at rich information. There's video, there's pictures. They take yeah. pictures of things. Yeah. They use WhatsApp uh, to report uh, to report things. Um, uh, but then again, it's still uh, a picture, which is yeah in a WhatsApp group. But where is the file? Yeah. So so how how, how have you solved that? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, we we do compare ourselves now and then with WhatsApp, and what we like to say is we're the WhatsApp of logistics because we are actually <laughs> taking some of that idea, that idea of this omnipresence of the mobile phone and the quick ability to take a picture and share it with somebody. We definitely support that, but we structure it and we structure it in such a way that everything gets stored, um, you know, under a file that a logistics company is already used to doing. Everybody has their file. Everybody has their WMS, TMS systems yes. that will say, well, this is the reference for this particular shipment. Well, we will connect into that reference and everything that pertains to that shipment will be stored under that reference. So if, you know, later on, people can easily find it and it can be shared with the relevant information or sorry, the relevant company in the supply chain that's interested in that particular order. Um, and you know, I think that's where the expectations of people are. I want more and more of that type of data. And I also see, we see companies that are trying to find their way and they're using what I'll call WhatsApp improvisation, you know, in combination with maybe with, with digital cameras, which are eventually wired to computers yeah. uh, to, to provide that experience. And, uh, you know, we try to, to really take a lot of that burden away. You know, that's, that's so very often what people actually first see or think they see when, when they, they look at CargoSnap is, is taking that burden of the data and information collection away. Um, but we believe, and, and that I think is also your point, is we believe in, in much more enriching that data. So beyond that picture that you're taking of that container, what we're trying to do is to really create what we call uh, what we lovingly call a proof of condition. It is evidence. It is evidence that contains not just that, that photograph, but it contains the place, the time, the person that took that inspection. It may contain, we'll, we may enrich it with, for example, weather information and other kinds of data that really create a total package in, of information to say, well, you know, this, there's this paper product and it was in fact discharged in this particular port on this particular day. And in fact, it was dry. You know, so so those are, those are really important yes. parts that really enrich that. You know, when you look at that photograph, you need to know those kind of circumstances around it. You know, and that's what we call a proof of condition. You know, much much thinking of the of the the, the term of a proof of delivery. You know, which is kind of that final step in the supply chain, the yeah. very very last step. Uh, we really believe in in if you want to orchestrate supply chain, you need to know the condition of the of the various stages of the materials and cargo but also equipment you know, throughout that supply chain over time. And that's a proof of condition. Um, it, so on the one hand, it, it protects also the parties in the supply chain because if something goes wrong, you can find where it goes wrong. Yep. And I think you will 
also already said that you know it's 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 nice when the claim comes at the right position uh, that the the person that made the error mm -hmm. uh, has to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess uh, another point that is much more important that you said is uh, for uh, supply chains or for for the the for the shipper and the owner of the product to know where it went wrong so the next time it goes right. That's uh, right. So so every uh, step in the supply chain uh, learns. Totally. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, and and we see it all the time with our customer base, but I also had an experience um, from, from my previous career. At the end of the day, who pays the bill, you know, it, it has got a really good steering factor. You know, if, if it turns out that in a supply chain, things get broken at a particular point in the yeah. supply chain, people start to optimize it because they want to fend off the claims. And what we help what I, what I believe in supply chains do most efficiently is to make sure that the claim actually lands at the right party with the right amount of information, i.e. to actually understand what went wrong and what were the conditions under which uh, things did go wrong. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier how you know, people, people have their own expertise, right? And my expertise may have come from, from handling metals. Uh, well, we have customers now that are doing if if it's pharmaceuticals or fruit or 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 rocks of, of of various types or paper, whenever we speak with people in that business, when they look at a product, you know, if you're if you've been handling mangoes for for twenty years and yeah. you're looking at a mango, you're looking at a mango in a totally different way than I would do, <laughs> right? And yeah. and they, you know these people that have so much knowledge about this they can look at the picture and tell a whole story about what has happened with this particular product and so visualizing it and bringing it to the, the party or the place where things go wrong is the absolute way of improving supply chains and making the supply chain much more competitive in terms of you know being able to to avoid uh, situations from from happening yeah and what i also see is uh, that uh, well both consumers and companies they have a there's a much higher demand for information i mean we're used to to being informed all day and it's, i guess it gets into some kind of addiction so you want more and more and more information yeah. um so uh, i guess that's why uh, in supply chains there's an uh, an increase in proactive information being shared yeah. uh, instead of the traditional uh, reactive response totally yeah yeah, we see that a lot. Um, we see that actually it's a journey in supply chains in general, but we also see it within each of the companies that, that we work with. Uh, many companies come in to try and optimize those data collection processes, and then they figure out that it's actually relatively easy to share information with the customer. And a very typical, it's not the singular journey, but a typical journey that people may take is, is receiving a lot of data, and then there's somebody in the office that actually you know, like a, imagine a warehouse and there's a warehouse office and they're actually looking at the data and when they're entirely content with the data, they may share it with their customer. Yeah. Um, what we're more and more seeing is where warehouses are then asking, well, can't I just automatically share it with our customers? Because warehouses and generally logistics operations are very, very efficient by nature. They're not very transparent. I mean, warehouses don't have windows, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not yeah. a very transparent business, but actually that's that just happened to be. But when you really go into a confident logistics operations, our customers have no problem sharing everything they do 
with their customer, you know, showing the state of the cargo, the state of the, the equipment with their customers. So what we're trying to facilitate more and more for those customers is, you know, something comes in and it, it already notifies your final client, you know, bypassing the office and just saying, hey, client, your product has arrived. This is what it looks like. You know, and as product leaves the facility, again, there's an information is being flown, you know, is being sent to the final customer. So, so, so people are making that journey from first kind of owning that data and looking at it to saying, hey, it's much more efficient to just go and share it. Okay, so, so, so looking at this, uh, this building uh, without any windows, uh, which always gets my heart beating faster because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a warehousing guy. I just, if, if there's uh, high walls and no windows, I'm, that gets me curious. I want to know what, what goes on inside. I want to I see how everything's moving. So, so how does this uh, work uh, in a, in, a, in a live operation? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the truck uh, uh, docks, the yeah. doors open, and, yeah. and, and well, then yeah, great question. Uh, again, you know, it, it, and it's it's a variable answer because when the door opens and it's just full of um, boxes, you probably need to do something different than when it's full of um, big bags with uh, with uh, agricultural products. Yeah. So here, what's really important is to acknowledge and realize that the person who opens the container or who opens the truck, you know, this is the, the warehouse operator, the warehouse foreman, maybe a forklift driver. You know, they are the ones that are actually at the physical goods. We can talk a lot about the theories of, of global supply chains and inventory disappearing yeah. and being replaced by information and spreadsheets. But at the end of the day, there's this, there's this guy, right? It's typically a guy. I'll, I'll say that, that that should change, but that's probably a different topic yeah. for another podcast. <laughs> another another podcast. Yeah. But it's a guy and they open up the, the container and they see something. And what we uh, really believe in is that we need to empower that person to collect the right information at the right time. And um, so, for example, in our product, we allow our companies to create workflows that are dependent on, you know, let's, let's say that are linked to a particular flow or to a particular commodity, if you like. So if you're interested in inspecting, I gave the example of mangoes, you probably need to identify if there are certain types of spots on the fruit, then you're, you, you can get the app to ask that question. Whereas if that's, you know, if that container actually contains uh, limes, you would not ask that same question, but probably a bunch of other questions. Okay, clear. Yeah, so, so what we try to do and facilitate for our customers is that we help that warehouse person to collect the right information with the minimum amount of effort. But besides our product, I think this is really, really true for supply chains in general, where you know, well-equipped and well-trained warehouse staff knows their commodity. They know what to pay attention to and they start to document the state of cargo and equipment at that moment in time. And that manifests itself in many ways. We see a lot of operations that are using like digital cameras or, you know, mobile phones, in some cases tablets, which by the way, we don't really like because they're not so portable. No. You know? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> when asked, I always recommend phones. Um, but, you know, it, it's all about consistency in process. I gave the example before, if you have a damage at one point in time, what you need to know and need to show to a customer is that that, that damage is an exception to a rule. And that rule is every time I get a container with a particular commodity, every time I inspect it in the same way, I demonstrate to my customer that I do that inspection. 
right? And and that is effectively uh, what what I think is 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 the way to do it in the warehouse. Now warehouses need to be really efficient. Uh, staff needs to be really efficient. They can't be spending a heck of a lot of time collecting that data, right? The, the, the truck or container needs to be discharged or loaded, you know. So that's where the focus of the, that personnel needs to go in. So it's really onto the logistics, let's say, engineering part of the of the co- of the logistics company to make sure that that process is as complete as possible in terms of collecting data while having the least kind of footprint in terms of, of amount of effort for that uh, that operator. And by the way, you know, I think it, what's, what's also important to know is that those operators may may not even speak the language that's spoken in the country, right? In the, in the warehouse, you may have uh, uh, workers from other places. It may be really diverse. So, and your work, your, your staff may change over time. So you get new people coming in and leaving all the time. So what you, but still you want to have consistency of processes. So there's quite a burden on logistics companies to, to really get it right. And that's where I think it's really important to standardize on workflows and processes, which we, you know, we can we help our customers to achieve. In speaking to your uh, uh, customers, there, there must be some some uh, weird or, or exciting or, or strange things that that uh, go wrong or go right in uh, in these in these processes. Um, do you have a, a story that you can share? <laughs> yeah, I think everybody has has their uh, share of stories in supply chains on what what may and may not happen. In fact, you know, actually, most of the stories that we hear are uh, uh, pretty normal. You know, they're they're like something is damaged and we received the claim and we were immediately able to respond to it, uh, you know, showing it a picture that the cargo left in good order. You know, so this is the norm. But definitely there are uh, more extreme extreme cases. The thing that, that comes in mind is a uh, Brazilian client of ours who are loading containers to be uh, shipped overseas. And um, at one point in time, they, um, they were, uh, uh, they received a visit from the federal police who had just stopped a container in the port, which was packed with drugs. And uh, so, you know, everything gets uh, bombarded in, blockaded off, and this warehouse is now under suspicion. And they were able to show not just that particular container that was being loaded yeah. that ended up with full of drugs, but that they could show that every single container that they are loading is loaded in the same consistent way including this particular container, they were able to quickly demonstrate and get the feds off their off their backs, if you like, yeah. to say, well, it wasn't us. Have a look at what happened later on in the process. Well, it turned out, indeed, the process was that the truck driver drove off to some other place where the container was opened up, um, you know, with, with seal and all, the doors were taken out and the cargo had been replaced. You know, so that's that, that, I would say, is a pretty spectacular way. And, and, and it was really fun for us and, and exciting for us to have that customer come back really proudly saying they used CargoSnap in the defense towards the feds and the feds complimented them for their structured data collection of that case. So that, that's, a, that's a case I'm particularly proud of. Oh, that's a, that's a great story. Uh, uh, Marcel, uh, I'd like to th- uh, thank you for, uh, for sharing all this, this knowledge and, and information. It's a pleasure. It's great talking to you, Martijn. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel.
The music is based on a sample by Ruggerman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by CargoSnap. CargoSnap is the logistics app for logistics people. CargoSnap's mobile phone app makes collecting and sharing photos, checklists and documents really simple. Its flexible workflow and form builder will help you speed up and improve your processes. For more information, please visit cargosnap.com.